This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Amen. So we are going to continue today. We've been, um, for the last few months, we've been in a series of teaching focusing on premarital. Are you prepared? Are you ready for the marital state? And we've gone through several different topics. And what I started last week was, are you prepared to submit in marriage? So we're going to continue on with that today, but I do want to remind everyone that we do have a way that you can submit questions. There's a link on the website, so if you want to submit a question and it's an anonymous form, you go in and you fill that out and you send it in, and later on we will come back and we'll discuss, we'll answer those questions. So if you have a question, go ahead and submit it. You know, you may submit the question and then later on we come across it in the teaching and that's okay, but go ahead and submit your questions, okay? Just want you to know that's out there for you. If you, if you can't find the link on the website, feel free to ask one of us. We will, we'll let you know where to find it because it's out there for you to use. Take advantage of it, all right? So we are going to continue today with this, um, this teaching on submission. And i got to tell you, this has been a blessing to me, studying this out. God has shown me so many things. So when you hear these things, you're getting it after I got it. So whatever, whatever you're like, oh, God. Like, okay, God. Yes, that's already happened. But God is faithful. And when we see what he is doing in and through us, we understand that submission, we have to submit as believers. So as believers, we have to submit. So I've really and truly, I hope you're listening to all the teachings and you're paying attention to everything that's going on. But if you take what we're been, we've been teaching on authority on Wednesday nights and you couple this, that's what we mean when we say connect knowledge. You take that information and you put that together and what it does is it puts everything together and like in family life you'll hear some things and we'll talk about submission and you'll say, well, I don't necessarily understand that. Then you go back and you listen to one of the Wednesday night teachings and you'll say, oh, that fills in that gap. That fills in that gap. So that's what you want to do. You don't want to just take this teaching and say, well, I'm thinking about getting married so let me just hear the premarital classes. You need to hear those but understand what God is saying is what God is saying. We break it up like this because we need that. But what God is saying is what he's saying. So the objective of this teaching is we're going to examine God's plan and his expectation for submission in marriage. Now there's an expectation for submission as a believer. And then when you are married, there's also an expectation for submission. So you don't get out of being a submitted believer because you get married. It just rolls into it. And I said there are a few points we're going to go over here. First, we're going to talk about submission as a believer, which we talked about last week, and then submission and marriage. And in that, we're going to talk about mutual submission and delegated authority and submission in marriage. And then why do we submit in marriage and how do I prepare for submission in marriage? Now, I was thinking about this one, and we're going to do a little review, but I do want to say this one. is how do I prepare or how can I prepare for submission in marriage? That's going to be at the end. It's going to be like a review. But all through this teaching, it is telling you how to prepare for submission in marriage. Now, I may not say this is how you prepare. This is what you do. But all of this is what you use to prepare for submission. So, first of all, you've got to be submitted as a believer. You have to submit. We went over to Ephesians 21 and we looked at uh, 21, uh, 5 verses 21 through 33. And we saw all believers must submit. It's not, you don't have an option. It's not optional as a believer to submit to God. So to submit means 
stuff under authority to get in order to arrange to get into your proper rank to render obedience so I must be submitted to God with an attitude of lowliness and obedience that is grounded in the understanding of my proper position before him as his creation so that means submission is a heart issue so you're going to submit and you're not just saying I'm God I'm going to do what you did, do because you God you have a heart your heart is changed you have humility you are obedient you're coming to God because he's the creator you're submitting to him because you are the creator and he's the creator excuse me he's the creator get that one right he's the creator and you are the creation submission is a choice if you don't choose to submit then you're not submitting you just you're just doing something that's a, it's not in your heart so submission is a choice Submission is rendering obedience to God's laws and commands and yielding to his governance and his authority. So when I submit to God, his authority governs my life. That means his authority, his will, and his purpose direct my life. That his authority, his will, and his purpose have restraining influence over my life. His authority, his will, and his purpose hold in check and control my thoughts, my emotions, my decisions, and my actions. That's what it means to be submitted to God. God has set the rules for my life, and he's created the boundaries that I live within. And he's established the path that I take. That I take. So, he set the rules, he's established the boundaries, and then he shows you the path to get to those ways. You don't get to go out and say, "Let's here, this is it. We're talking about submission and marriage. You have to submit to what God says marriage is. You have to get to marriage the way God says get to marriage. You don't get to choose how you're going to do that. You don't get to choose. You're going to say, God, I'm going to be married and I'm going to submit the way I want to submit. No. Submission is in that perimeter and you're going to submit the way God says submit. So as a believer, when I submit to God, that means I yield to God. I go behind him and I conform to his will and his purpose. Every part of my life is aligned with God's will. There's nothing left out that's unsubmitted. Everything is submitted to God. My submission to God is serious. It's not a light thing. It is of utmost importance in my life. And if you've been paying attention to these teachings and the teachings on Wednesday, you see how important authority is. And where there's authority, there's going to be submission. Then we went over the definition of marriage. We said marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational free moral agents, a man and a woman, who are born again, choose to enter into a covenant relationship with another imperfect person for a lifetime. And that, I'm telling you, that is a mouthful. That's about three mouthfuls. When you look at that, what marriage is, it's a divine institution. And last week I was saying divine means excellent. It's ordained by God. It's a good thing. But there's a way that you get to marriage. God is laying it out for you. If you desire marriage, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But God wants you to have marriage his way. So that's what these teachings is. It's to get you prepared for the institution that God created. And remember, God only creates good things. But now man, on the other hand, what we can do is we can take what God has created and mess it up, which is what we've done with marriage. But what God is saying, I'm going to show you how to have the marriage that I wanted you to have. I'm going to show you how to have a marriage that reflects 
Christ and the church. But you've got to first of all understand what marriage is, what my, what my definition of marriage is. So here's the thing. Anything that is not God's definition of marriage is not marriage. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what these pseudo-religious leaders say marriage is. That's not what it is. Marriage is God's institution. He created it. As believers, that's what we fall in line with. As a believer, as a man, as a woman, you have to already be submitted to God before you even think about marriage. Because it's not about, if I took that, that part before you think about marriage, if I just took that off, it, the sentence would still be true. You have to be submitted to God. There's not like, and I know growing up the way, the way this was taught, and I don't know, you know, it's been a while and things are different now, but it's still remnants of it. It's like, oh, women can submit easier than men because they're women. They're, they're created to submit. We all submit to God. We all submit to God. There, submission is submission. Now, in places of delegated authority, there's a person in delegated authority who is submitted to God. And then there are people who are under that. And when we talk about marriage, that is the wife who's under the delegated authority of the husband who's submitted to God. So before you start lining yourself up to get married, you need to make sure basically that your house is in order with God. That you're in God's house. That you're working in his defined order just for your life. So you've got to be submitted. So you got to be submitted. So you say, okay, well, I'm submitted. I've been submitted for a week. I'm going to read the definition of marriage one more time and we're going to see about that. Marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational, free moral agents, a man and a woman, who are born again, choose to enter into a covenant Covenant relationship with another imperfect person for a lifetime. For a lifetime. So you've been submitted for a week. I'm going to tell you, if you've been submitted for a week, guess what you're not in this. You are not a free, free, a rational free moral agent. You decided that, and what I mean by that, you're making a choice irrationally. What that means is you've chosen to submit because you want to get married, not because you understand that that's God's plan for your life. That's not rational. Okay? I know. You think, but I make good decisions. You know, I don't run red lights. I don't walk out in the middle of the street. If you're not submitted to God, you might as well run red lights and walk out in the middle of the street. Well, don't do that because that hurts other people. Your, your disobedience to God, it's going to hurt other people, but it won't. So understand. That's, that's almost the... the um, the analogy that I can use. You're not submitted to God. You are out there doing whatever you want to do. You have no protection. So understand, if you say, I'm going to submit, and, well, I'm going to practice submission. Just because I'm practicing. I started it. When did y'all start this teaching? And that's when I started being submitted because I knew this was coming. So now I can get married. You can if you want to because marriage is a choice. But will somebody marry you? That's a whole other question. So... As I said, marriage is a choice. You don't have to get married. But as a believer, you have to submit. Submission to God is not optional. Submission to his order and his delegated authority is not optional. As a believer, those are things you should be doing. That, that should be established in your life. Now, if you decide to get married, guess what? There's delegated authority and submission in marriage. So guess what? Now when you get married, that's not optional. 
Because whatever you, it's only optional if you if you're not in it. But your submission to God is always there. And when you go into God's institution, you're going to do it the way he says do it. Then we looked at submission in marriage. We went over to Genesis and we saw that both the male and the female are created in God's image and his likeness. There's no one superior to the other. Man and woman are different for purposes sake. And that the female is not an afterthought. This, was God, God, this is God's plan. He created man and woman different by design. When he created Adam, he created Adam from the dust of the ground. And then when he, crea- when he crea- or made Eve, he took the rib from Adam's side and created Eve. And that was for purpose sake. Because she was going to be equal with him, not over his head, not under his feet. She was to be under his, that rib is under your arm. You know, that is to mean protection. To be near to his heart and beloved. And Eve, when he created Eve, he made Eve for Adam and he said, this is the help that's suitable for you. Suitable for you. This is what I'm giving you. This is what you need. So, I have to agree with God's plan for marriage. It can't be my definition of marriage. God defines marriage. He defines the purpose. He defines the boundaries. I don't get to do that. I cannot redefine marriage. I cannot repurpose marriage. I cannot make marriage what I want it to be. If I choose that, now if I say, well, God says marriage is this, but God, this is what I think marriage is. So I, it's different from yours. It's just a little different, God. It's just a few things that I thought would be better if I just modified. Just this right here and that right there. I'm just going to change that, God. But everything else is yours. When you change that one little thing, guess what? You're in rebellion. You're, I know you don't like it when you hear that word, but it is what it is. You're in rebellion. That's sin. You're resisting God. So if you go in with the wrong understanding of marriage, you're already behind. You're not, you can't have a godly marriage because you don't know what a godly marriage is. And you definitely can't. If you don't know what it is, you can't know what it takes to have one. So we said you need to allow God to order your thoughts, establish the boundaries, and set the expectations for marriage. Not your own. You'll have thoughts. You'll have things that go through your head. This is what marriage should be. But let God set those things. And we talked about the godly examples that we have. The godly wives. The godly husbands. The godly marriages that we see. And those are great things because we can see what it looks like. But what we have to do as individuals is we just can't mimic. We just can't imitate what we see. We have to allow God to change our hearts so we can produce that. So we have to allow God to instruct, correct, conform, and transform us into what he's called us to be so that we can be the godly spouse that we're supposed to be and have a godly marriage instead of just imitating what we see other people do. It's not enough just to have an outward appearance, but there must be an inward godly conviction that each individual is submitting to. So you've got to have that inward conviction, and each individual must be submitted to that. Before I enter into marriage, I must know what God expects from marriage and what he expects from me in marriage. Okay? So there's marriage and then there's your role in marriage. We've got the husband and we've got the wife. So now we're going to get into mutual submission. God expects mutual submission in marriage. If you will, go over to Colossians chapter 12. Excuse me, Colossians chapter 3. It's no chapter 12 in Colossians. 
We're going to look at verse 12. So, it's really important that you understand that the standard of God is the standard of God. So he's not saying, okay, you're an unmarried believer and here's my standard. There, you're going to obey me, here are my commandments, here's submission. And then you get married and you just pick up a whole new, new bag of stuff. You know what I mean? The tools that you have as a believer, God is going to show you how to use them in marriage. So that's why I say you already have to have your relationship with God and that submission in order because you take that into marriage. If you are disobedient and not submit to God, guess what? You take that into marriage. So let's look at this. We're going to look at verse 12 here in Colossians chapter 3. It says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the fathers by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. So, it starts off and it talks about just what we need to do as a believer. We need to put on, as the elect of God, you know, like, yes, I'm the elect of God. So I'm going to put on vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, forgiving one another. You know, like, yes, yes, that's what we do. That's how we uh, relate to each other as believers, right? That's how we relate to our brothers and sisters. So guess who you marry? You marry in the Lord, right? That we, we, we've got that. You marry someone who's born again. So you marry. If I get married, I'm marrying my brother in the Lord. A man gets married, he's marrying his sister in the Lord. So guess what? Those uh, bowels of mercy, that meekness, that long-suffering, that forgiving one another, that doesn't stop because you got married. What it is, is like now you have that relationship. So here it is. You have your parents. Your parents are believers, you're a believer. You have this same attitude and character that with them. You know, that's the way, there's humbleness. That's why if you're getting in a whole lot of arguments with your family, maybe you haven't put these things on. Maybe you need to see, am I, am I producing the fruit of the Spirit? So that, that's what's going on. So now I become another relationship. Another relationship is established with this person I marry, my spouse. Now, before, if they're a brother it, with anyone, these are things you're going to already have. So what you do is you take those things, and now God says, now I'm going to show you how to appropriate that in marriage, how to use that in marriage. So, as a believer, 
in marriage, these things are very important. But just in life, that's why I said you're already doing these things. Or you should already be doing these things. And then when you flow into marriage, now you're going to do them as a husband and as a wife. So, if I'm submitted to God and his delegated authority as a single unmarried believer, then I'm in proper position to submit as a married believer. See what I mean? You're in proper position to do it. You've got to get in position because you've got to learn submission. Then, now what that is, is you're in proper position, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have to make the choice to submit. Now, here's the new thing. Now you're submitting as a spouse. And there's a whole, and they've been, we've been, everybody's been telling you, it's a whole other thing once you get in the institution. So, no, it doesn't matter how long you've been engaged, because believe it or not, engaged is not married. Engaged is not married. What, a few weeks ago, Eric got married. I think he started at 5. At 5 o'clock, Eric was not married. Eric Burris was not married. I don't think he got married. I don't know exactly the time. But until the ceremony is done and they pronounce the man and wife, you're not married. Then you go from, un- at, at that ceremony, when it's over, you go from unmarried and you go from, then you go to married. That's when, that's when this starts. That's when you become a husband or a wife. But that submission, now all of a sudden you're, you're, you were submitted, now it flows into this new position or new role that you have. But you are already submitted as a believer. You're not going to automatically know what to do, but you'll know how to submit. You already know how to listen for the voice of God. So you're not going to be, you're going to be able to make the choice. You're still going to have temptations. There's still going to be things that you have to do, and you're still going to have to put forth the effort, but submission must already be there. Go over to Ephesians chapter um, 5. Because there must be mutual submission. As a believer, we submit to each other. We rank ourselves under one another, not over one another. We walk in meekness and humility with one another to do the will of God. So when you get married, the will of God doesn't go away. You know, it's not like, oh, I got married and it's this whole new thing. I go live in another universe. No. All of that still flows. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So we submit ourselves one to another in our reverence, our respect, our submission to God. That's part of our responsibility as a believer. So when a man and a woman are submitted to God before marriage, they can apply the principle of submission in their roles as husband and wife. So both parties are commanded to submit. It's not just about one person. So when you get married, and this is, this is one of the things when you look at society, when you get married, it's not about the wife or the husband. It's not about the husband wanting this wife that, that makes his resume look good, that makes his portfolio look good. Or this wife married this man because she had, he has everything that she ever wanted and he's going to get her a big house and buy her nice things and they're going to have pretty children. That's not what it is. It's not about that. If you've got that in your mind, let it go. Let it go. If you've got that in your mind and you are considering marriage, probably what you need to do is you need to, to, to have a fast. And what you need to fast is probably social media because you see a lot of stuff. You need to fast all your romantic comedies, all your all of that stuff that gives you this fake vision of what marriage is. And let God show you that. Show you what marriage is. 
Because here's the thing. You can watch this stuff if you want to, but you got to remember it's not real. It's not real. God will show you what is real. Because he's he's your creator, so he will show you what is real. So marriage is not about you fulfilling your dreams. Marriage is about you fulfilling the purpose of God. You've chosen to be in the covenant of marriage, lifetime covenant, with another imperfect person. And together, you are coming together and you are fulfilling the purpose of God. That relationship reflects Christ in the church. So first of all, Minister Sisson did a great job of explaining this, but if you don't understand the relationship between Christ, Christ and the church, guess what? Figure, you, you've got to understand that before you get married. Because you don't know what the expectation is. You don't know what the expectation is. You've got to submit to that understanding. And it doesn't matter how many people, I said it last week, it doesn't matter how great example your parents are, how many examples you have in your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, the people here in this church. If you don't have it for yourself, you cannot do it. So both the husband and the wife have to be submitted to God. The husband and the wife work together to accomplish God's plan. Therefore, they both have to seek God and agree with God. So uh, I'm going to flip over here and I'm just going to read the scripture in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. You can write it down. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it because I'm already there. Can two walk together except they be agreed? So if we're going somewhere and we're going together and we're walking together, we can't go where it's not agreed. If I say I'm going to go to the children's, back to the children's ministry and somebody says I'm going to go over to the taco shop, we're not going there together. Because we're going to two different places. Now, I could say, well, I'm going go to go to the taco shop. And you say, I'll go there too. And we decide we want to knock out a wall. That's being agreed on the wrong thing. Because that's not the way you get there. So a lot of times what will happen is people will get married and they're submitted to what they think marriage is. But they're not submitted to what God says it is. So what happens is, think about your life. Think about... What you thought about, think of anything that's popped in your head, that you, what you thought about something three years ago, a, a particular situation, a way to do a thing, or something like that. Now think about how you think about it now. Probably some differences. Now when you marry somebody and you're both not submitted to God, and you already have, when you get married, you may have the exact same view of what you think marriage is, because it's not God's, it's what you think it is. But as time changes, people change. Guess what? The man, the husband's view is going to change. The wife's view is going to change. And now you're, you're not agreed. So you've got to agree with God. That's the mute. First of all, you submit it to God. Then you can submit to each other. So if I don't understand the assignment of marriage, I can never accomplish it. And that's what I'm saying. Even if you, under, if you understand the wrong assignment, you're not going to accomplish God's will for marriage. You're just not going to do it. So... Both the husband and the wife have to agree on God's plan for marriage and align themselves in his will. So that is mutual submission. So we're both submitted to God. We're both submitted to each other because we're believers. And in this home, we're going to do what God has said to do. So we're both submitted to each other. We're not competing. We're one. So we're getting somewhere. There's a plan of God for the family. In that there's delegated authority. When there's delegated authority, there's submission. So let's go over to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 22 through 33. 
and, and why you guys are getting there, if you were to read this whole chapter, it would look a lot like Colossians. It starts talking about what we're supposed to be as believers. This is what you're supposed to do. Put in, doing these things. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and spiritual hymns. And then it goes into submission. And then it starts talking about husbands and wives. So you can see, I'm like, that's very important that you understand what your responsibility is as a believer. And then here we go. We're going to start in verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth, him, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So, in marriage, so submission in marriage is God's plan. So it has, to be go, it has to be carried out the way God established it. Submission, what we have to understand, it's God's order. It has nothing to do with who's smarter, who's better, who's stronger, any of that. Authority is set up by God to benefit people, even delegated authority. So we don't have to, don't get into your mind that submission makes you less or being in delegated authority makes you more. It's just God's order. So... In submission, in marriage, what we have to understand is not about, and I was talking about this earlier, about your plan for marriage. Submission in marriage is not, does not mean the woman drops everything and follows the man's plan. Because guess what? The man doesn't have a plan. It's God's plan. Submission in marriage is not being a doormat. It's not going around um, thinking that you're codependent or you don't have ability. That is not it. Submission in marriage is definitely not having an established relationship with God. You submit, but all those things, you, there's, as a woman, you have a relationship with God. You're, you're not lesser than a man. That, that's not what submission means. So before you get married, you have to understand what God says about the husband, what he says the husband should be, and what he says the wife should be. So as a man, male man, you must be submitted to God before you even consider marriage. You can't be waffling. You can't be double-minded. So before you go into marriage, those are things that should already be established. So then when you get married, you become a husband. When you become a husband, you're in position of delegated authority in the family. That's God delegated that authority, and he's commanded that the husband love his wife as he loves himself. 
So what happens is before you get married, remember you're in position. You're in position to take on that role of husband, which is God's delegated authority. And you're prepared to love your wife as yourself. So you're not just, once again, you're coming in here. That's why you can't be double-minded. Because you got to love somebody else. And I know you think, oh, but she's the greatest. I'm going to love her as I love myself. You're going to have to love her as you, you love yourself when she's not lovely. And let me tell you, men, if you don't know, unmarried men, if you don't have no sisters, if you got sisters, you know. If you don't have sisters, we can be unlovely. Women can be unlovely physically, mentally, and emotionally. We can be a mess. Even saved women. But guess what? You're going to have to love her as you love yourself even then. And the only way to do that is to be submitted to God. you got to be submitted to God. The submission... As a, as a husband, your submission must show in your character and in your conduct. You must be willing, willing to practice consistent self-sacrificing love and put the needs of your wife before the needs of yourself. That's, that's, that's what you are as a husband. That's the indelegated authority. When the man, the potential husband... It's submitted to God. There's some things that he's going to understand. There's some things that he's going to have in his heart. And when I say understanding, it's think about, I'm thinking about biblical understanding. It's something that I have in my heart that I can practice, that I can do, that I can have my lifestyle can, is revolving around. First of all, so you are a potential husband. You're thinking about marriage. First of all, you have to understand God's plan. That means you know that God has a plan for you. And that you know God has a plan for marriage. Now, there may be some things, you know, you'd be like, well, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly, I don't know all the detail God, God has for me and what God has. You know, like the little things. But you know that you are supposed to worship God. You know that your life belongs to God, that you lay down your life and you pick up God's will. Those are things you have to be know, you have to know and you have to be committed to. You have to understand God's plan for marriage. You have to understand that marriage should reflect Christ in the church. And that what God wants from you is a godly seed. He wants to reproduce the godly character and godly image that you should be living. And then the man has to know that it's all about God's plan, not his plan. That has to be established. It has to be, that's that submission. He's already submitted. If he decides to get married, he realize, realizes that as taking on a wife, he's actually taking on help to complete what God has called him to do. Then the wife is that help. The wife is not your token. She's not your doormat. She is not your, she's not your cook. She's not your dresser or whatever. All the things, you know, no. She's a help. She's the God-given help. Then he has to understand that every member of the family is made in the image and likeness of God. So he cannot abuse his God-given position. Every member of his family. The wife, if they have children, every member of the family is made in the image and likeness of God. So he can't abuse his God-given position. The husband has to understand his responsibility. And that responsibility is to build trust with his wife. He has to protect her. And he has to know how to take directions from God for his family. So those are things that you need to, as a man, you already need to understand these things 
before you start considering marriage. Because you've got you to be ready when you get in. When you step into marriage, when they pronounce you man and wife, you're married. Guess what? You are married. And there it is. So the husband's role as delegated authority is not about being controlling. It's not about being loud. It's not even about having all the answers. But what it is about is unconditional submission and surrender to God. And you know, a lot of times I think maybe that's what we think, that the husband has to know everything and all this stuff. If you knew everything and you could do everything, why would God give you help? That's what the help is for. As a husband, there's submission to your wife, not in the sense of abdicating or throwing all of your responsibility on her, of leadership, but in the sense of getting under her to bear her burdens, to carry her cares, meet her needs, and sacrifice your own desires to meet her desires. So that's what the husband does. And you look at this and you're like, that's, that's a lot of responsibility. That's a lot of stuff that the husband does. It's self-sacrificing. It's saying, I'm giving up what I want to meet the needs of my wife. So the husband should be a submitted servant that leads by example. His headship or his delegated authority is characterized and commanded to be Christ-like love, which is sacrificial and self-giving. So, thing about this is, I'm saying this needs to be established before you start thinking about marriage seriously. Because what's going to happen? And I'm not saying this is wrong. You're going to meet somebody. And you're going to like her. Because we're talking about Mira. And you're going to like her. And you're going to say, I want to spend more time with her. You're going to spend more time with her. And you're going to start thinking about her. And then you're going to start thinking seriously about her. And then all of a sudden, you're going to start focusing on that relationship. Now, if you don't already have this established, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get it established. Because guess what? You're no longer focusing on it. You're going to be focusing on getting this relationship going with this lady you like so much. And you're like, this is the one. This is the help. I'm telling you, Sister Castile, she is the help. But let me tell you, <laughs> I'm not going to get to the women's part so I can just keep on talking about this. If you don't know what you need help doing, why do you need help? You know? Like people, you ever do it? Like, like people come to your house, you're having like a dinner party or something, and people come in and say, can I help? And you're like, no, because I don't know what you would do. So if you don't have those things that I said earlier, if you don't know God's plan for your life, if you don't know what God's plan is for marriage, if you're not already submitted, if you're not already understanding that when you get married, your wife, and when you have children, they're all made in the image and likeness of God. So you can't abuse that position that you've been given. And it's your responsibility to build trust, protect your wife, and take direction from God and his family. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So what do you, you need help in doing something wrong? So we're going to talk about the woman a little bit. So uh, as I said, when we look at this, you take these things and you say, well, this is what I need to do to be prepared. Also, if you are thinking about marriage or if you're someone, maybe you're not dating anyone, maybe you're not seeing anyone, you may not even be interested in anybody right now. But you say, I'd like to get married one day. These are the things you look for. These are the things you look for. Before you start giving your heart, don't even give them a lot of thought when you don't see these things. See, that's what we, what we do. 
is we let our mind, and our mind is so important in our emotions, you have to protect that. You may be interested in somebody. You may go out on a few dates with them. But before you start thinking about them and thinking about, oh, well, what if we did this next year? Oh, whoa, next year? No, no, no. That's way too far out if you don't know nothing about them. You better bring it in. What if we did this tomorrow? Well, next week that's too much. I don't know you like that. And, and, and it sounds funny, but the thing about it is your submission to God is the utmost impo- of, of the utmost importance. And if you can't protect that, if you get yourself in a situation where you are not being in a place that's conducive to submission, then you're going to get out. So you have to understand, as women, we need to understand, wait a minute, I don't necessarily know if he's, the way I'm seeing him right now, don't go asking him, because he's going to tell you all the good stuff. He's going to say, oh yes, and God is faithful, and let me show you what I've done, and blah, blah, blah. You know, all of that. He's going to give you the line. But you better take a step back, no, take seven steps back, and see what's going on. You better ask God. Because all these things have to be in place. And then as the woman... We're going to start a little bit about the woman. So go over to Colossians chapter 3. Just flip back over there. And we're going to read this scripture here. And we'll finish up talking about the woman next week. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband, husbands as it is fit in the Lord. So the wife submits to her own husband. Okay, I'm going to say it again. The wife submits to her own husband. He is God's delegated authority in the family. So the woman or the potential wife must be submitted to God so that she can hear from God in order to provide help to her husband. The woman's not coming in here saying, well, he's delegated authority. He leads. I'm just going to be following behind mindlessly. No. There's already established submission. There's already established relationship with God. Because how can, you hear, how can you be helpful in God's plan if you don't hear from God? If you don't know what it is? So the woman must be unconditionally submitted to God before she can submit to her husband. A wife. So now I was talking about a woman. The thing about it is when I say a woman or a man, you can have these things established as a single person. And never decide to get married. Because you should. You should understand these things. But if you choose to get married and you voluntarily take on the role of husband as a man, wife as a woman, then you step into some things and God says, this is it. This is what I've set you up to do, so now you're going to have to do it. So as a wife, you're not off doing your own thing like an unmarried woman. You're not off making these decisions, just running willy-nilly. And as an unmarried woman, those things are fine to do. But now, you've got a family. You've got delegated authority. You're walking together as one. You now, you become one flesh. So you're not running over there acting like that's not true. You're breaking out of the covenant of marriage when you do that. So, you're not off doing your own thing. You're not mindlessly submitting either and just waiting to be told every little thing. No, you're help. How can you be help if you don't know what help is? How can you help if you're helpless? So you don't know what's going on, so you're just like, well, he said it. So, as a woman, and notice I said woman, I'm going to try to be very specific. 
what what happens as a woman like I am a woman I am unmarried if I get married I will become a wife but as a woman right now today I have to bring something to the table I've already got to be established I'm not coming in getting stuff to bring to the table because I want to be married I have these established these things established because I'm a productive believer in the kingdom of God so the wife is a suitable help for a husband she is well able and suited to assist her husband. She has strength and ability that is focused on accomplishing God's will for marriage. Understand, you're going to have strength and ability, but that has to be focused on what, doing what God has said to do. Earlier I said, how can you help if you are helpless? And we're going to finish with this. So what do I mean by helpless? Not having a strong, submitted relationship with God. Off doing your own thing. Helpless. Not having a strong, submitted relationship with God. It's also not allowing the grace of God to work in and through you. So, not letting the, will, not letting the grace of God work in and through you. It's doing things in your own strength. Using your own human methods to try to get things done and get things accomplished. So I'm going to do it my way. Now, I may put it under the guise of godly, but it is not godly. This is where the manipulation comes in. This is where the crying comes in. This is where the fits and the silent treatment and whatever other little silly stuff you're doing to try to get your will accomplished. Or, oh, here it is. This is another one. I'm out of time, but I'm, I'm going to give y'all some single men. I'm going to help y'all out. This is the, I'm cooking these dinners that he likes. I'm going over to his mama's house, standing by her, looking real cute. Oh, how does he like that? Um, he comes over. I find out what his favorite sin is, spraying it in the house. That's getting things done your own way. We're going to talk about it next week. But understand, if you're not allowing the grace of God to work in and through you, and you know it's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing wrong with that, but it's the heart behind it. So that's why, as a man and a woman, you don't know the heart behind it. That's why you got to be submitted to God so God can lead you and guide you. So the other thing is having an, this is helpless, having the incorrect view of who God has made you. That means not being validated. Playing too small or playing too big. Either, oh no, I'm just, you know, it's just like that little helpless damsel in distress. Or, oh, I don't know anything about that. That is way above me. You're so smart. Or it's like, oh, well, I know it all. Don't even come to me. Oh, no, I already know the answer. You don't even have to ask me the question I can tell you. That, those are those attitudes. That's helpless. Now, in a way, you know, you're like, well, wait a minute. If they plan too big, no, that is, that is not validated. That is covering up for what I'm insecure about. So, as a woman... You, you can't be helped if you're helpless. Amen? God is faithful. I'm out of time. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.